I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hello and welcome to Q&A, our regular podcast offering from the Hindustan Times. I'm Prashant Jha, the editor, views of the newspaper. India continues to battle the coronavirus pandemic. In fact, cases have surged both in India's biggest cities, Delhi, Mumbai, Chennai, as well as vulnerable rural areas and states which have received a large number of migrants in recent weeks. At the same time, economic activity has resumed under Unlock 1.0. Politics too is returning to normal. Or should I say the new normal? The biggest reflection of this was the resumption or in fact the start of political activity for the Bihar elections scheduled to be held at the end of the year. In this edition of Q&A, I'd like to speak to you about the Bihar elections. Why is it important? What is the current state of play? What are the advantages enjoyed by the ruling coalition of Janata Dal United and the Bharatiya Janata Party led by Nitish Kumar? What are the strengths and weaknesses of the opposition, the Rashtra Janata Dal led by Tejasvi Yadav? What will the Bihar outcome tell us about the state of Indian politics? To begin with, why is the Bihar election important? There are two parts to this question. The first is Bihar's traditional historic importance in Indian politics. It has been the crucible, the cradle of several political and social movements. Remember, it was here that Jayaprakash Narayan gave the call for total revolution in the early 70s, which led to the imposition of the emergency, which in turn led to the defeat of Indira Gandhi. Bihar has been a key center of Mandal politics, which saw the assertion of backward communities and their claim over political power. It's not a coincidence that Bihar has not seen a non-OBC chief minister for the last 30 years, ever since Lalu Prasad took over in the late 1980s, 1990. Bihar is also one of India's largest states in terms of population. It has, however, weak socio-economic indicators. Who governs Bihar, therefore, is important for the people of the state. It is important to determine the socio-economic indicators in the state. But who governs Bihar is also a reflection of the kind of social churning that is taking place in Indian politics and Indian society at any particular point. This is a traditional historic importance of Bihar elections. But there is now contemporary resonance, contemporary importance too. Bihar will be the first state that will go for elections after COVID hit India. How will political parties campaign while adhering to norms of social distancing? Will campaign turn all digital? How will citizens respond to political campaigns? Will the nature of their demands change? Will they ask for more health care? Will they ask for more employment opportunities? Or will old identity politics categories continue to dominate? These are the questions that make Bihar elections this year particularly significant. 
what is the state of play what are the advantages enjoyed by the ruling combine and the disadvantages nitish kumar has been in power for most part since 2005 in his third term he won power not with the bjp but with lalu prasad's rjd midway he dropped his partner and combined with the bjp once again this led to charges of betraying the people's mandate it also led to a degree of political instability there is a widespread sense in bihar that nitish kumar did well in his first term and did reasonably well in his second term but his record in his third term has been patchy he was earlier known for improvement in infrastructure particularly roads and law and order this was a huge relief to people in bihar who were used to the crime and lawlessness which was rampant during the lalu prasad years but in this term nitish kumar's challenge was bringing in the next generation of reforms bringing in investment to the state generating employment that has not happened instead his governance focus has been on prohibition which has helped and deal with alcoholism to a certain extent and it has it seems to be popular with women voters but it has also spawned a completely parallel illegal economy of bootlegging which is closely intertwined with crime nitish kumar's record in dealing with the coronavirus pandemic has also come in for criticism this is particularly so in regard to migrant workers bihar remember is home to a very large number of migrant workers who go to different states in the country to work initially bihar conforming to central government norms did not want the migrant workers back the number of workers who came in subsequently was much larger than what bihar had anticipated a section of them had coronavirus bihar has not been able to develop enough of a health infrastructure to deal with a possible surge in cases but while these may be some of the weaknesses of the ruling combined it starts with an advantage it starts with an advantage because together with the bjp nitish kumar enjoys a solid advantage in terms of the caste arithmetic of the state the bjp jdu alliance have the support of a very large segment of the upper castes of the state the non yadav obc communities called the ebc communities in the state and a large section of dalits as well do remember that the jdu bjp combined won 39 out of the 40 seats in the lok sabha elections just held a year ago the second big advantage of the combine is of course the fact that narendra modi continues to remain popular he will campaign actively along with nitish kumar but the third biggest advantage is the state of the opposition which gets me to the next question how is the rjd faring the rjd lacks the kind of leader that lalu prasad was he had mass charisma he had a connect with the audience with him in jail he is in hospital for most part but in detention and cannot campaign the rjd lacks a leader who can campaign and communicate with the masses tejasvi yadav has not been able to fill that vacuum as witnessed during the lok sabha elections at the same time rjd too has a formidable support of social groups the first is yadavs who have traditionally voted for the rjd though there were signs in 2019 that a section of yadavs have moved to the bjp jdu combine the second are muslims rjd too continues to have the support of 
several social groups, particularly Yadavs, who have traditionally voted for the party, as well as Muslims who are deeply suspicious of BJP and by association Nitish Kumar. Now, Yadavs and Muslims together help prop up RJD, help make RJD a very strong contender. Together, they're almost 30-35% of the vote. But that is enough to become a strong opposition. It is not enough to win a vote. And therefore, RJD's challenge is in expanding its social constituency beyond Yadavs and Muslims to other social groups. To do so, it is trying to combine with Jitin Ram Manji, who was briefly the chief minister of the state in 2014. They're trying to combine with Mukesh Sahani. They have the Congress. And with this, they hope that they can get support of sections of the upper caste, sections of backward communities, sections of Dalits. Will this happen? The track record of the last 10 years doesn't suggest so, but in politics, don't rule out anybody. The RJD will also campaign very vigorously on the issue of migrant workers and Bihar government's handling of the pandemic. Will people have enough faith in RJD's ability? We don't know that. But could they have the ability to channel popular discontent? Well, they can definitely raise it. This makes the Bihar election fairly open, even though the advantage clearly lies with the ruling combine. Finally, what is it that the Bihar outcome will tell us about the state of Indian politics? It will give us a sense of new forms of campaigning. It will give us a sense of the kind of issues that resonate with the people. It will give us a sense about whether politics will continue as business as usual, or whether political parties will have to fundamentally change to be able to win people's trust again. That brings us to the end of this edition of Q&A. If you have questions that you want us to answer, if there are issues you would like us to discuss, please write to us at podcasts at hindustantimes.com. Please also follow us on all our social media handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at HTSmartcasts. Stay safe and listen in next week. Thank you. This was a Hindustan Times production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.